church. And as we get started, I want to read to you from Luke chapter 15, Luke 15, 1 through 10, and it says this, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing nearer to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he told them this parable, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he has lost one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the open country and go after the one that is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends and his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep that was lost. Just so, I tell you, there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who needs no repentance. Or what woman, having 10 silver coins, if she loses one coin, does not light a lamp and sweep the house and seek diligently until she finds it? And when she has found it, she calls together her friends and neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the coin that I had lost. Just so I tell you, there is joy before the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Praise the Lord for his word. Praise the Lord for the great challenge and encouragement and conviction it brings to our life. The edification it brings to us to continually, every day, be making us more like his son, more like Jesus, more like our Savior and Lord. We have a great blessing today of coming together and worshiping him. But today we are going to switch directions just for one week here. And we're going to be talking about the power of welcoming others with the mindset that everyone matters in the kingdom of God. You see, there's no ordinary people to God, for all are created in his image, and all are greatly valued by him. He desires all to be by his side for eternity. Before we go further, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the great, great wisdom which is to be found in it. We thank you for the great encouragement, the great challenge, the great strength, the great conviction, the great peace. Lord, your word is all we need and more, Lord. And we pray now as we dig into your word, as we dive into your word and the great blessing it is, may you speak to us and through us, Lord. And what we need, may you bring to our lives. Lord, we pray for you to open our minds, our hearts, our souls. May we be softened and may we have understanding by your Holy Spirit to know what your word is saying and how to rightly apply it to our lives, and to rightly live by it in this world which is so dark and needing of the light of Christ. Lord, we pray for these things, but we also pray that you would give us eyes to see, to see that everyone matters, to see that every life is precious to you, and to see that especially those who are suffering, marginalized, lost, poor, living in darkness, living in hurt, living in a dying world, to see them to recognize them and to invite them in to see the glorious light which we know through Christ Jesus is Lord, to see that light and life is found in him. Lord, we pray for this message now. May you be glorified in all things. May the saints be edified and may the lost be found. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. So like I said, we're going to take a one-week break away from the book of John, just with the big annual Fall Fest coming this afternoon. And yes, it's still on. I'll make a quick note. I won't focus on it. It's not the time. The Fall Fest is still on. Pray that the rain does end at lunchtime like some, most of the forecasts do say. It's hit or miss. 
But pray it does end, or if it continues, it's just a little misting here and there. I encourage you, as Lee Amona said, come. Almost everything is under canopies and pavilions anyways. The barbecue is made. The pumpkins is purchased. But if by some chance at some last minute we have to make a change of plans, it will not be canceled. Like I said, everything's ready. Come, but it will be moved to the church. If keep an eye on the Facebook page for Bloomer Baptist Church or the Fall Fest page, we'll get that notice out to everybody. But back to the message. With Fall Fest happening, with the holidays coming, fall is in the air. I've just been really thinking a lot about people. I've been thinking about our kingdom purpose to reach people for God, reach people for Christ. And in that kingdom purpose, we are not left alone to do this. We have a mission to do. God calls us to do it, and God equips us to do it as well. But we need to remember that in this purpose, all people do matter. There are no ordinary people to God. This is what I've been thinking about, and this is what God has laid upon my heart to share with you today. And as I get started, I just wanted to get started with a story, with an illustration. So as I do this, I just want to ask all of you, think about the last time you lost something. We all lose things. Some of us lose things more often than others. Some of us might have even bought those little Apple Air Tags, I think they, they're called, where you can put on things. So if you lose it, you can look up where it is. Or do anybody remember? I never bought one, but I remember the TV commercials for those keychains you could get that you hook up to your keys, and if you lose it, you just push a button or yell out to it, and it will start beeping. It will make a loud noise. My wife probably thinks that she needs one of those on me sometimes. Maybe some of you other men in here are the same as you're often running about doing different things. You see, we lose things all the time. I want you to think, how do you feel when you lose those things? What do you do to try and find that lost thing? And then hopefully, if you're blessed, if you're gifted to actually find that thing, how do you feel when you find it? What do you do when you find it? Maybe it's a lost key. Maybe it's a lost wallet. Maybe it's a lost phone. Maybe it's a lost bank card. Maybe it's a lost, and this is like of the least value, yet for some reason it is one of the most annoying. Who here likes to do puzzles? That lost puzzle piece, it never fails. You spend weeks and weeks putting together a puzzle, and then you get to the very end, and that one piece is missing. Well, I want to tell you a story about something I lost one time. I remember a couple years ago, I was hunting, and and I always carry with me my earbuds, or to some of you, you might call them headphones, but these days you call them AirPods, you call them earbuds, and these things are like little tiny headphones that you just pop in your ears. You can see how little they are. Well, one time I was sitting up in the tree stand a couple years ago, listening to my audio books as I often do, some nonfiction Christian reading to educate, to help myself, to encourage myself based off the day, that doesn't matter. Here's what matters. I'm 20 feet up in a tree stand, and it falls out. And don't you know, it, it bounces off the little platform I'm on, through one of those little holes, all the way down, it gets worse, into a pile of leaves. 
Now, this had great value to me because these things aren't cheap. These things are $150 to $200, and I use them a lot. In fact, my pockets start getting an imprint because I carry with them with me everywhere I go for phone calls, for music, for audiobooks, whatever it may be. Well, it gets worse. I climb down, I start looking, and it's about 30 minutes before dark. And the flashlight I'm using is one of these little flashlights on my phone. I'm looking everywhere for it, and I am thinking, this is hopeless. I'd like to tell you I found it that night, but I did not. Soon enough, I went home, and I'm thinking about it all night long. I'm calling my hunting buddy and saying, hey, do you mind if I go back in the morning and look for it? And of course, he let me go back and look for it. Don't you know, though, it snowed over the night. See, this is how we feel sometimes when we're losing things or we've lost something. We just feel like everything is hopeless. But praise the Lord, I went back that morning and it was just a dusting. But don't you know, I went back. I'm thinking, I should just turn around. I'm not going to find this. I get there, I walk up, and that earbud is sitting right on top of the leaves. And I think, why didn't I find it that night? And maybe it's because God wanted to use this story today, two years later. I don't know. But the point of the story is this. I found what was lost. And you know what I did? I celebrated. And you know what I also did? I called some people and maybe made them celebrate with me. I don't know. Maybe they just celebrated with me. Dave Hammond, see, he remembers this. Look at that. I think they celebrated with me because they knew they were not going to have to keep hearing me complain about losing my earbuds. I think my wife probably celebrated with me because she knew that thing that was of great value, I wasn't going to say, I've got to go out today and buy new ones and spend money. Here's the point. We lose things all the time. And when we lose things, it hurts, especially when we see them of such great value. And we search for them. We spend time looking for them. We spend energy looking for them. And then we celebrate if we're blessed to find them. We're here in the scripture today, which we'll be reading. We see Jesus talks about things that have been lost as well. And he talks about how their owners feel when they find them again. And then he relates them to his people. Because all people matter to God. Everyone matters in the kingdom of God. There are no ordinary people to God. We all matter to him. We are all unique. We are all special. We are all created with great value. He's telling stories to help illustrate this. He's telling parables. These parables help the people to understand things of the kingdom of God, which might be hard for them to understand if it wasn't told in a story format. We do the same thing with our kids when we're trying to explain hard things of life. In fact, so many of our children's books, our children's stories, the very purpose they wrote or the purpose we read them to them as they're growing up is because it does help them understand things of life. Well, that's what the parables are here. And this is why Jesus is telling these stories. He's trying to get a point across to them. Everyone matters to God. Even the ones that seem lost, even the ones that seem too far gone, they matter. Everyone matters to God. In fact, so much that Jesus spends time with these people, so much, and we'll get to this later, that Jesus is called a glutton and a drunkard because he spends so much time hanging out with these people, these outcasts, these people that the religious leaders would never dream to be by. 
to spend time with. And yet these are the very people that Jesus spends time with. And then we see in this word too that great rejoicing in heaven over one sinner. There's great rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents. Why? Because again, there are no ordinary people to God. We all matter to him. We are unique. We are special. We are created with value, great value. But it's so easy to apply that to ourselves, or maybe not, maybe you struggle with, with seeing how valuable you are to God. If so, I want you to hear that today. I want you to hear the words of John three sixteen that we all should remember so strongly, so well, that God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever would believe in him would not die, would not perish, but would live forever and ever. But there's a point to that I, in why I share that with you. It's this. It doesn't say that God so loved part of the world, some of the world. It doesn't say that God loved the United States of America. It doesn't say God only loved the good, the righteous, the perfect. No, it says God loved the world. And so often we either don't apply this to our lives at all and we apply it to everybody else. God loves you maybe, but he doesn't love me. Or we have a problem that we apply it to ourselves, but we think other people aren't worthy of that same news. God loves the world. Everyone matters to God. And we are to look to Christ, look to these parables and see how these help illustrate this idea and see how we should live in the same way as Christ. Show the light of Christ to all, not just who we deem as worthy, but to who matters to God, all. Our main passage today is out of Luke 15, 1 through 10. And I want to read the first part, verses 1 to 2. We're going to look to this in three parts. The first part, Luke 15, 1 through 2, says this. It says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. Notice the audience here. It's not now the religious leaders of the day. It's not the Pharisees. It's not the Sadducees. It's not the chief priests. It's not the perfect or the righteous. It is the tax collectors and the sinners were gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and teachers of the law, they muttered and said, this man welcomes sinners and eats with them. This brings us to point one as we look to the fact that all people matter to God. We see Jesus is a friend of sinners. Jesus is a friend of sinners. And this is precisely what irritated the Pharisees, what irritated those religious leaders today. They didn't like this. In fact, we see this reference to friend of sinners in Matthew eleven nineteen and Luke seven thirty four, And we see that Jesus spent so much time fellowshipping with the outcasts, the marginalized, the sinners, the, the different people of the day, the ones who struggled, that he was called a, glut, a glutton and a drunkard. But the truth is this, you share meals with people you like. Jesus liked people, all people, and he wasn't going to allow those other people, the outcasts, the sinners, the struggles, the ones struggling, the ones who are gluttons, the ones who are drunk, drunks. He wasn't going to let that get in the way of him sharing his presence with them. But let me, let me share this, though. 
the presence with them wasn't to encourage them to continue in sin. It was to share the light with them and show there is a different way to live, to live. The way of Christ leads to the way to life. The way to Christ leads to the way to life. Christ would share this with them. Christ would show this with them. Back to the text. Jesus welcomes them into his life. He invites himself over to their homes for dinners. He joins them in their life. He spends time with those that the Jewish leaders of the day would not be caught dead even talking to. Jesus knew that they needed a friend, and so he spent that time with them. Because that's what you do with friends. You spend time with your friends. But Jesus also knew something about, else about these people. He knew that they needed a savior. He knew that they needed help. He knew that they were living in darkness and they needed light to find their way out of that darkened room. And he can't do that without delivering the light to them. So how do we expect to... St- We complain all the time about how much darkness is in this world. But how do we expect the darkness to to be turned to light if we're not showing them the light of Christ? We are living in the light. We are made new. And God wants to use every one of us like Christ to go into those people's lives and show them the right way to live. Jesus is a friend of sinners, and we too should be a friend of sinners. Jesus goes on, though, in Luke 15, 3 to 10, telling the Jewish leaders this story, this parable of just how valuable something lost should be, because this is how valuable God's lost people are to him. He says this, suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. Dave, rejoice with me. I found my lost earbud. Dean, rejoice with me. I found my bank card. Whatever it may be, you lose things. You share with it. These people, let's read on. He calls his friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me because he's happy. He found that lost sheep, which was so much valuable to him than an earbud, let me add. I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who do not need to repent. Now, this brings point two to us the lost sheep. The lost sheep. You cannot leave this room today without seeing the big point of the day, the main theme. Everyone matters in the kingdom of God. Jesus tells multiple parables here, multiple stories here. He illustrates his point in multiple ways, and we are also. Everyone matters to God. Why does Jesus share this story, this parable? Because he wants to get into the mind of these Pharisees, these religious leaders to really make them think about why he's doing what he's doing. Jesus begins this lesson by appealing to what should be common sense to them. It's not as much common sense to us, because let me just do this. Raise your hand if you have sheep at home. It's not as much of a lesson for us because we're not shepherds. But in this day, it would be so much, so obvious to them, so common of sense, because they knew what it was like to lose sheep. Well, let's change this a little bit. How many of you have kids at home? 
How many of you have had kids at home? How many of you have a dog or a cat at home? How do you feel when that thing, that person gets lost? Hopefully you haven't lost a kid, but come on, we've been there. We once lost a kid at Awana or Coached by Christ or Vacation by it. We lose things. Sometimes those things are more valuable than other things. Let's not go into that. Here's the point. Jesus tells this story because it's something that would ring true to their lives and they should understand. And no matter how much they want to say, well, how can you do this? It shouldn't matter. They know it matters. Jesus continues, when you find it, wouldn't you joyfully throw the lamb over your shoulders and carry it home? Yes. Again, they know this to be true. And then wouldn't you call your friends, your neighbors together to celebrate with you, to rejoice with you? Yes. Now, I've also lost a dog a time or two, or my dog's gotten in trouble a time or two, and they might get, okay, maybe I shouldn't say that over the microphone. There might be some consequences to running off, but you still throw that, aside, you still throw that lamb on your back and you carry it home because you're so grateful that it's back. Now, in, in this day and age, they won't be making a phone call but they would be calling out to their neighbors and rejoicing or to their fellow shepherds. In today's day and age, they might not be making a phone call either. You see, a few weeks ago, I was laughed at by a teenager. She couldn't believe that I leave voicemails. Or she couldn't believe that I expect that if somebody calls me and they really need like an urgent phone call back, that they would leave me a voicemail. Otherwise, I think, oh, they were probably just driving somewhere and they didn't need anything. She laughed at me. People don't do that anymore. Can I just, let's do that. It's a raising hand day. Who leaves voicemails? Okay, most of the teens do not have their hands up. Just, <laughs> just saying, parents, do not be offended if your kid does not leave voicemail. Who here listens to voicemails? I have had many people who I call and their voicemail boxes are full. So you do not listen to your voicemails and you should get on that. In today's day and age, you might not make a phone call. Maybe you're going, to, you're going to text a friend. Maybe you're going to take a snap. Maybe you're going to take a be real with that lost lamb. Maybe you're going to post a picture to your Facebook, your Instagram. Some of you get what I'm saying. Some of you are like, what is going on here? And maybe you're even going to put a hashtag. The lost lamb is found. PTL, praise the Lord. No matter what, Jesus gets his point across. Your lost lambs matter to you. My lost people matter to me. Everyone matters to God. But if this wasn't enough, Jesus goes in deeper into this because he just says, these people aren't getting it. Or he doesn't want them having any excuse to not get it. So I'm going to skip ahead here. We're going to move forward to point three. He tells another parable back to back of the lost coin. And he says, or suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. So here you go, people. You all admit it, except for Adrian, who I'm guessing doesn't have a real sheep at home, but she's saying her kids are her sheep. We don't understand the sheep illustration, the sheep story, but we understand this one. Suppose a woman has 10 silver coins and loses one. Doesn't she light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost coin. 
In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of angels of God over one sinner who repents. Again, Jesus doesn't want him to miss this point. You think I'm crazy for, ha- for ha- hanging out with these drunkards, these gluttons, these sinners, these, these um, tax collectors. But just like you would search for that sheep, just like you would search for that coin, just like you would search for your money, I'm out there searching for my people because I want them to be found. Suppose you've lost some money. Have you ever lost some money? Yeah? Have you ever lost your wallet? Yeah? I once lost a $100 bill after a Christmas Eve service, and, you know, it's terrifying to lose things like that, anything really. But to this day, especially on Christmas time, every time I put on that suit jacket, I search every pocket like I'm going to find it. Because we want to celebrate that it's been found. It feels awful to lose things, but it sure does feel good when things are found, doesn't it? Jesus says, in the same way I tell you, there's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Here's my point four and the final point for today and to really drive this home. All sinners, all people are valuable, truly valuable to God. Maybe this is the reality, I shouldn't even say maybe, this is the reality that Christ was trying to highlight to the Pharisees that day. This is the reality that we are also to see today. Remember Psalm 139, 13 to 14, it says this, For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully, wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. This doesn't just apply to some people, folks. This applies to all people of all ages in the womb, in the retirement homes, in the hospitals, in the ghettos of Detroit. I came from Ohio. Sorry, I thought about Detroit. You might think of another city. All people matter to God. From the unborn infant child to the elderly to the young teenagers, which maybe we love to make fun of sometimes too. All people are valuable, greatly valuable. What are we doing to reach them? What are we doing to reach them? Even the outcasts, even the enemies, even the politicians, even your teachers, even your presidents, even your bill collectors, all people matter to God and we should be treating them as such. I'm not saying you're not, but I'm saying that we do need to think more through this and think, who can we reach that may not be receiving or seeing the love of Christ like they should? There's no ordinary people to God. We must, just like Christ, go out and make friends. Go out and make friends, friends like Jesus. That involves going out and not just hanging around the same people all the time, but looking to make new friends with different people. And maybe they're the forgotten people. Maybe they're hard to hang around. Maybe they're different than you. It's okay. They matter to God and they should matter to us. You see, it's easy to make this passage all about the Pharisees, those evil Pharisees, those terrible religious leaders of the day. 
but we can so easily make it about us too. And we should, because we should be challenged to think, how can we do better, better for Christ, better for Christ? He's challenging us through this scripture as well today to consider how we treat his valuable things, his valuable things. And he created all things, so all things are to value to him. How do we treat his things? Here's the conclusion for you. With this teaching in mind, it's important that we take time this coming week to evaluate our lives. Is there somebody in your life that maybe you're being called to reach, but you've been avoiding? Is there somebody that's so easy to judge, it's so easy to critique, it's so easy to complain about, but we know they most of all need the love of Christ. They need to see the light of Christ to see that they're living in darkness and there's a better way to live. We're talking about this in Sunday school today as well, how we, how we reach people who maybe we don't always tend to reach naturally or how we use our weaknesses to show people the strengths of Christ. We're talking about this and we're saying this, it's hard to be honest with yourself. It's hard to be honest with others. But with this, I say this, be honest with people in your life and share with people who you are trying to reach so that they can keep you accountable and so that they can pray for you too. What is valuable to us? Pray about these things this week and think, are these things which are valuable to God or maybe he wants you to switch directions for a little bit and focus on someone else? All people matter to God, but maybe he's calling you to focus on somebody else that's not not seeing the love of Christ as they should or not seeing the light as they should, not seeing that there's a better way to live. There's hope. There's a lot of people living without hope. You know, it is staggering the statistics starting to come out of people. I've watched, I watch some, some crazy videos on this sometimes. Okay, a lot of you watch some crazy YouTube videos. I'm just admitting I do too. But I watched one not long ago, and it was a guy with a $100 bill walking around Walmart. And he said, if you can, if you can share one Bible verse with me, I'll give you $100 right here. It's amazing how many people could not share one Bible verse, but not just that. That, you might think, oh, I can believe that. There were people who, there were teenagers in this video who said, what's a Bible verse? We want to think that everybody knows what the Bible is. Everybody knows who Jesus is. Not everybody does, but you do. And those people matter. Take the message of Christ to them. And then this. Pray, two things to pray for here, two more things. Pray that God would give you eyes to see those people. So it's easy to look over them, admittedly, or to look around them, to turn a blind eye. And then two, pray that the lost would be found and celebrated, and celebrated. Jesus was called a friend of sinners because he treated them like friends. He spent time with them, he ate with them, he listened to them. And these are all great examples for us to live by also. Would we be called a friend of sinners? That's a scary thought because we don't want to be sinners, but we should still be friend of sinners. So it takes some time this coming week to identify people in your life who you can reach for Christ. Invite them in, spend time with them, listen to them. 
Be like Jesus. Be like Jesus. Everyone matters in the kingdom of God, even sinners and tax collectors. There's no ordinary people. Everyone matters to him. And through Christ's love, through Christ's power, through Christ's atonement and the cross, the power of the cross, the power of the resurrection, even the people who you think are the most dead to sin can be made alive in him. And then heaven will rejoice over that one, and we can too. Let's close in prayer in one final song. And as I close in prayer, I want to encourage you with this. Come to Fall Fest. If you're looking for an opportunity to meet new people, as we just talked about, and to share the light of Christ, there's an opportunity. Get out of your homes, even if it's hard, even if it's rainy or misty. Come to Fall Fest. Look for some people to just walk up and say, I don't know if I know your name. I'm Patrick. Who are you? Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge and the encouragement, the conviction, everything it brings to our life. We thank you for the Holy Spirit, which helps us to understand. Lord, we pray now for these things. We pray that we would have eyes to see and minds to understand, ears to hear. We pray for softened hearts, Lord, within our own lives and the lives of those around us to hear the message of the cross to see the message of the gospel, the good news of Christ, and to see the righteousness and truth to be found in your word. We pray, Lord, that the lost would be found. We pray for revival, starting within this, own, this very community and within our lives. We pray that you would use us. But we pray for revival around the world, for yes, all people matter to you. There are no ordinary people, Lord, but all people are greatly valued. For you created our inmost being, you knit us together in our mother's wombs, and we praise you because we're fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and we know that full well. And it's in your holy and powerful name we pray. All God's people said, amen. Let's stand and worship together now.